Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now to take a look back at some of the top headlines coming out of Singapore for 2022. It's been an interesting one. In fact, we even saw headlines that we never thought we would see. So what were some of the top headlines this past year here in Singapore? On the line with me is Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University. Good morning, Professor. Good morning, Alec. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot for taking the time as we head into the New Year weekend. <laughs> Let's talk headlines. I suppose we've discussed many of these headlines, one of it being the relaxation of mask-wearing measures. And this was on the late Michael Jackson's birthday, August 29. <laughs> a significant step, obviously, but there was a bit of an air of caution. I mean, what were you observing during that time? You're right about the observation about caution. I think after two and a half years, um, you know, Singaporeans have sort of adapted to, you know, what we could call a, a pandemic normal. Mm. Um, but I think the the, the feeling, um, you know, was one of a welcome relief. You know that that things were improving, um, and that with fewer restrictions, including group, group sizes and all, um, you know, that it offered, you know, the the, the prospect you know, that maybe we, we could go back to the normal um, before long, yeah. right? So so I think that, that that's something which which I took away, you know, from that very important day, um, you know, and, and, and things are still moving along nicely, but, you know, but we we mustn't forget that we're still in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It's quite nice when, you know, when you travel and then you come back, you don't need to do the PCR test. And obviously, when you go to places like Europe this year, you would have seen how they have lifted just about every other measure. If I were to ask a typical Singaporean question, right, would you consider Singapore's pandemic fight a success story for 2022? I think, I think in many ways, right? So if, if we look at, you know, the, the vaccination program, um, you know, not compulsory, you know, but many Singaporeans signed up, you know, got their boosters and all. I think that has certainly helped us, you know, keep the fatalities uh, number low. I think another success to me would be, you know, the cooperation, uh, you know, among people in Singapore, you know, to, you know, I think there was a lot of social responsibility, um, you know, that I think helped to keep, um, you know, the disease, um, you know, at, at bay. Mm. Um, I think if you look in terms of the economy, yes, you know, there were, there were bumps, you know, but not really partly because of the pandemic, but also because of the conflict in, in, in Ukraine, mm. um, you know, geopolitical tensions and all. Um, but I think what is important is when we look at society's response, um, you know, to the pandemic, you know, now in its third year, you know, it, it has not been politicized. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah. our response has been very much based on science and facts. Um, and, and I think, you know, we, we see... Uh, you know, people recognizing the need to work together. And, and I think when, when you take that into account and, and, and the fact that fatalities have been low, life has pretty much resumed in, in, in many ways. Um, you know, I don't think we ever go back to the pre-pandemic normal. Yeah. So if, if, if we talk about a new normal, I think, you know, we have very much come to that. I think all things considered, I think it, it is a relative success. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. About 100,000 people getting national recognition, set to receive national yes. recognition. Amazing. 100,000, it feels like the number is low and I only say that because this is really a whole of nation effort. And I'm proud to say we saw that here in Singapore. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, Ellie, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about those those uh, national awards, right? I, I think, you know, 100,000 is really just, uh, in, in many ways, you know, just the tip of the iceberg, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as, as you and I would agree, 
you know, there was this national effort. You know, everyone played their part. You know, and and really, I think you know the the the, the medals are really a, a recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think all of us would count our blessings. You know, over the last three years, yes, there were difficult moments. Um, you know, but I think we held on as one. And I think that that's crucial. Mm. I've been getting text messages from friends, though, the past two days. And it leads me to think that we could have a potential plot twist because with China loosening their zero COVID policy, even uh, surveys on like things like Trip.com saying that Singapore has made it to the list of top 10 places they want to visit, rightly so. The measures for inbound travellers from China, any special restrictions have been put in place as compared to places like Italy or the United States. Should we be worried or is this trust in Singaporeans? No, I, I think Elliot, the, the concern is, <laughs> is probably legitimate, right? Yeah. You know, but I think we must remember that we need to rely on, on, on signs and facts, you know, okay. And, and, okay. and much as, you know, there is this uh, COVID, COVID is ripping across uh, China at this point in time, um, you know, there is no real, uh, there, there is no new variant of concern uh, where COVID-19 uh, coronavirus is concerned. Mm, mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, given the high levels of vaccination, you know, given the need that we are now, you know, living with the virus, um, you know, I, I don't think the authorities are throwing caution to the wind. Mm. I think, you know, they have already indicated that they, they will look at, um, they will revise the measures if necessary, um, you know, but I think we should avoid uh, knee-jerk reactions, you know, we, we should continue, to, you know, to be cautious and, you know, recognize that, you know, we are relatively well protected. I, I think we have learned many lessons over the last three years and, and I don't think, you know, the authorities will want to throw all that down the drain, you know, but, but we need to adopt a, a, a very scientific yeah. um, approach, um, you know, to the whole matter. Mm, fair point. Professor, another top headline, and we discussed this, Parliament repealing Section 377A. This is a historic milestone for the LGBTQ community, this whole spread of equality, diversity. Is this a sign that we as a nation are more open about embracing this topic? I think yes. I, I, you know, I, it's important you mentioned embracing the topic, right? So, so I think here, you know, we are prepared to recognise that people, that there are people different from, from us. Um, and that we need to accommodate them and, and mm. not discriminate against them. Mm-hmm. You know, so 377A is certainly significant, you know, not just for the LGBT community, you know, but, but it also reflects how as a society, you know, we, we, we have now come to, to, to the step, important step of decriminalizing yeah. homosexuality, yeah. right? You know, so, so, so it's, we, we, I don't think we can ever go back to a situation where, you know, we start to decrim- we start to criminalize, mm. uh, you know, homosexual um, behavior. Um, but there are challenges that still remain, right? I mean, you know, we, we still have to deal with with uh, this new consensus, you know, and, and how do we live it? You know, yeah. how do we, uh, you know, ensure, you know, because laws are only the first step, yes. right? They, they don't ensure, you know, that discrimination no longer exists and, and that we can learn to live and that we live we, we, that we can live with, with our differences, you know. Yeah. So, but the important first step has been taken, and, and I think that's significant. Uh, I think Singaporeans recognise that, uh, you know, even as we we need to repeal three seven seven A, right? They do recognise the importance of uh, the institution of marriage, right? Yes. You know, yes. as traditionally understood. Uh, and I think from there, you know, we can build, uh, you know, an important uh, uh, and new consensus, you know, that that will ensure. 
um, you know, that everyone has their place uh, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. You can take away the outdated law, but the bigger challenge is taking away the outdated mindset. Excellent point, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think removing outdated laws is really the easiest thing, yeah, yeah. right? You know, but but it's really what is it that operates uh, within our minds, you know, and our hearts, and yeah. um, you know that will will take a lot more, uh, and, and which laws can never do. Um, so that's something which uh, is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, society is always a work in progress, but that's something that we need to consciously work at. You know, how do we disagree? You know, without being disagreeable. Mm. Something to reflect on heading to the new year for sure. Here's another one, another big headline, which was quite significant for the 4G leadership of our government. Finance Minister Lawrence Wong chosen to succeed Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong for the top job. I guess it's a matter of when, not if. Did it surprise you considering how prominent Mr. Lawrence Wong was, especially leading this multi-ministry task force during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes, um, not not a real surprise. Um, you know, I think over the last three years, you know, his profile, his standing, mm. um, Singaporeans got to know him uh, better. You know, for his uh, for his uh, the way he dealt with the pandemic. You know, particularly when responding to queries and all. You know, we saw how he recognized the concerns, but also was decisive. Yeah. So I think you know, unlike the earlier round, you know, when when uh, DPM Heng Sui Kiet was chosen to be the 4G leader back yeah. in 2018, 2019, uh, this time round, uh, you know, Mr. Wong was a clear front runner, right? One of the two clear front runners, um, you know, and and so I don't think it was really, um, you know, you know, a big surprise, you know, although we know that within, um, you know, the ruling party and government, you know, they don't look at politics as as being a popular about popularity yeah. and um, you know and, and and as members of the public you know we are not clued in on the 4G uh, team internal dynamics you know so someone could be very uh, attractive or appealing you know to the general public you know but we don't know what the workings might be within yeah um, but I think it's important that you know in 2022 we saw uh, you know that bright line being drawn you know in the sand you know in that. Uh, the 4G team has settled on uh, convincingly and clearly on uh, Mr. Wong, you know, as their 4G uh, leader. So I think that, that that's important. Mm. What do you think he brings to the table? I mean, PR skills pretty good. Not a bad guitarist as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you can see that certainly. You know how um, our leaders seek to connect with Singaporeans. Yeah. They have to evolve with the times yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think in terms of what he brings to the table, I think I think he has demonstrated so far. You know, through his many speeches and. Um, as well as the Forward Singapore Initiative, you know, mm. which is really uh, something that is spearheading, you know, it's the recognition that institutions and policies, you know, that have served us well over the last five decades, you know, that that most of them or some of them, you know, would need to evolve uh, with the times. So, if you think okay. about public housing, our system of meritocracy, they 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 worked very well over the last five decades, you know. But society is change, mm. um, you know, and and so how. How do we ensure that these policies remain relevant? How do we ensure that they continue to keep to the Singapore ethos, you know, whatever that may be about about fair play, equality and all? Uh, I think he brings to the table, you know, the recognition that needs to change. And so this is where when we talk about the Forward Singapore I- Initiative, you know, uh, that, that, he, that he is driving, I think it's also about trying to bring Singaporeans on board uh, in co-creating uh, our future, yeah, right? So, yeah. so I think a, a particular accent is on 
a more caring and compassionate society. Now, that exercise is still in progress, um, you know, and, and again, you know, the consultations are perhaps the easiest bit, you know, how do we change our policies, yeah. which many of us have become used to? How, how do we ensure that people who have benefited, you know, after the change, you know, if let's say they don't benefit as much, how do they recognize that this is also important for society? Um, those are really the, the bigger challenges, um, you know, down the road, um, mm. you know, but I think it's important, you know, that he has t- taken the bull by its horns. Um, and, and I think that's, again, you know, another important first step. Mm. Just a quick final question, Professor. I mean, on the note of all that, were there any other headlines that stood out for you? If not, what do you think we should look forward to in 2023 here in Singapore? Yeah, I, I think because of time, mm. uh, constraints of time, I, I, I would say that, you know, climate change, uh, yeah. you know, has, has taken on a, a greater significance in Singapore and we got governments pledged to, uh, you know, for Singapore to be net zero by 2050. While that might seem like a modest aim, I think, you know, the larger plans of us to reach that target even before 2050. Um, but I think in 2023, you know, I think domestically, you know, uh, I think many of us will be looking forward to the presidential elections, mm. uh, probably in September this uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who will run? You know, will Madam Halima Yaakob, you know, the, the incumbent, you know, will she seek a re-election? It will be an, an, an open uh, election, you know, no restrictions on, on race. Um, so I think that's something that, that we will want to watch, you know, but... As we come to the end of the year, the year is coming to a rapid close, I think we all have our hopes, you know, that that peace uh, will prevail. Uh, It has been a very rough year, you know, uh, the conflict in Ukraine has escalated in recent days. Uh, You know, just as we thought that the pandemic is also settling down, uh, you know, China is is going through a a relatively challenging moment in in, in their battle against COVID. Mm. Um, And so I, I think these are headlines that we will need to watch. Um, and, and of course, you know, Elliot, we always have to be prepared for surprises, yeah. both pleasant and unpleasant ones. And I think that's how we have adapted, uh, you know, over the last three years, uh, you know, and, 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 and learned to deal with, you know, the uncertainties, uh, you know, that life has thrown at us, you know, but also counting our blessings. And I think that's the attitude that hopefully uh, uh, many of us would bring into the new year. Oh, that is really well put. Thank you so much for that. I've been speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University. Professor, thank you again for your time and Happy New Year in advance. Yes, Happy New Year to one and all. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.